Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 2nd of December 2018. Years ago I used to give talks on the future and a lot of it we've actually passed now. But I talked about the big agenda. The big agenda is published, of course, in many different books and magazines and reports from think tanks, etc. From the ones who are involved in running the world in this big agenda of not just globalization, but a brave new world scenario of modifying the people, managing the people with specialists and psychologists and neuroscientists and so on. Stuff they publish from the top universities across the planet. We've all got funding from the same big institutions and foundations and who all worked again through the United Nations. Uh, the United Nations itself has stacks and stacks of articles and books and so on to do with it, the big future and the plans, of course. And they have the, this, the, all the charters that have been drafted up and signed by all our countries over the years and updated over the years too and re-signed, etc., into this big, this big system. And I used to go into the fact that from even Karl Marx and before Karl Marx, and Marx himself talked about a three trading block system, a unified Europe, a unified Americas, and a unified Far Eastern division that would incorporate China, Australia, Japan, New Zealand, and, and other islands too. And therefore, you, you understand, that what ha- this is from the 1800s. And then you find the Royal Institute for International Affairs through this British organization, the Lord Alfred Milner Group, a private club, of course, have been running the world ever since with its American branches, its Far Eastern branches, and its European branches of cancer and foreign relations. So... We're living through a big, big agenda. And the the same group also gave you the World Bank for lending your money, the taxpayers' money, like a bank to other nations and putting the citizens of your countries down as the guarantors to pay it up. That's why they always cancel third world uh, debt because it's not intended to pay it back. The third world countries all know it too. <laughs> but we are constantly paying more and more uh, and uh, getting more and more in debt, paying it off and borrowing more to give out again. And that's the racket that we live in. It's, it's all well understood at the top and they snigger and laugh about it because it's designed that way. It's designed that way. And you find too that I talked about the stage by stage plan, how we live in a big business plan. And big business plans, they have 5-year, 10-year, 15, 20, 50-year, 75, 100-year, 150-year plans. Same as institutions and foundations. Foundations can literally exist for hundreds of years, specialized with specific tasks to to hire, recruit, uh, and retire, and hire, and recruit, and retire, and so on, and train, until they achieve their goals. They can take centuries to do it with unlimited financing. So it's not so difficult, you understand, to plan the kind of future that you want to bring into being when you have incredible financing, especially when you work with the boys that make money out of nothing, thin air, and give you central banking systems and fund all governments, which means everybody goes cap in hand in politics to the masters for their backing, even to run in politics, and get their approval, and so on. The whole system, in other words, is rigged. And that's why things have never gotten better in the Western world for, oh, maybe 50 years, maybe longer, actually. The Western world, of course, was embroiled constantly in wars by the small cabals that ran them because wars are very lucrative across the world to exploit other countries and take the resources. Again, for a small clique in your own country to get the benefits. The rest of the public don't get the benefits to get, as I've said so many times, you get the bills for it all. That's been the way for a long time. Well, the next step, of course, was to get a world government on the go. Many of the big players in centuries gone by wrote about it copiously. The World Revolutionary Party in the 1800s talked about it quite openly too. They wanted a world parliament. Again, even if they had to start with a trading block system, the three trading block system with free trade, they could go on from there and build up until they get a world governmental system on the go. And if you look at world governance, that's really what that is. It's really the same thing in operation without the actual one building basic idea that would uh, solidify the whole, the whole thing. So we're living through an, an agenda. And I went through the Club of Rome and many other institutions that work for the big boys themselves. 
and they were quite open about the fact that as we finance third world countries to come up to a little, a little bit higher, to a little bit higher standard of living, not a lot, mind you, then we must also go down. And the whole idea is that as we finance their hospital systems to create, to create them, in fact, and fund them and finance them, uh, train their, their staff, etc., and pay for all that too, and their, their, their basic uh, systems of electricity and things like that, as we fund all that, then we, we ourselves must go down in what were called first world countries until we're no longer first world anymore. That's, that, that's from their own writings. And I've read the articles before on the air and different shows and so on before in the past. So I'm not going to go over them again. The fact is you can find it all for yourself if you want to go digging for it. Most folk don't care. And so I'm not really that fussy about going over it anyway. But for those who do care, they've already found out that that's the case. We are to come down until eventually, as we're coming down and, and the third world countries are coming up, we meet at a certain level and we live into a world of austerity. And they actually had the plans all published at the United Nations. I've read them on the air before about the austerity, the coming austerity system. And the agenda for the 21st century, for the whole 21st century, is now split up into parts. In the, in the Council of Parties meetings that are on right now, in fact, as they upgrade each part of it, they basically say how far they've gotten to their targets and where they want to be the next 15 years for the next bunch of meetings and so on. And that's how it's done, basically. You, you, you elect none of these people that, that attend them. You have hundreds of NGOs, non-governmental organizations, all funded by the big foundations, that they really run the world on behalf of the total masters of the world. And we have masters way above politicians. In fact, you've even got financiers today who lend to nations who boast about the ability to crash any country that doesn't go along with this overnight if they want to by withdrawing cash. It's quite easy for them to do. Everybody in politics really knows that much. They know this. And I say the politicians themselves are not the bosses by any means. The Council on Foreign Relations, even for Canada, drafted up the treaties and deals for the unification of the Americas under the NAFTA deals and came on the television in Canada in 2005 talking about it with their banners in the background <laughs> with the ex-Deputy Prime Minister of Canada as the head of CFR talking about it at that time. This is not conspiracy stuff, folks. I don't talk about conspiracies, I talk about facts. And you don't have to go into the world of conspiracy. It's all in the open. This is the beauty of it. They declare it, they'll declare it. And most folk, it doesn't penetrate, it's so strange. They can say amazing things to the public, but it really doesn't penetrate their minds at the time. It really doesn't. And even if you're showing them all the, the proper books and made by the people themselves and the institutions, etc., involved, if you show people that years ago, they would, oh, that's not, like, they'd never do that, even though you're showing it to them. And then 20 years later, when it's all happening, and a lot of it's already happened, it's like, oh, so what? It's like it's normal to them because they're programmed step by step by step through a thousand different avenues of information and venues from television, novels, movies, fictional ones, documentaries, over repetition, repetition, until they think it's all quite natural. You train the public into it. Like Bernays said many years ago, Edward Bernays, he said, rather, he said to the manufacturers at the time, the ads at one time used to talk about the product, the guarantees of the product, the different parts of guarantees, even for cars, to tell you how long the transmission was guaranteed for and so on. That's how they sold things. Their name and the good of their name attached to the item was their strength. But then they thought, how can we get more and more profits and sell cheaper and cheaper junk-made stuff? Cheaper, cheaper materials into it and so on. Well, Bernays said, don't make your product better to suit the public. Train the public to suit your product. And that's what they've done with the whole planet, you see. They've trained them and trained them to every step of this agenda through all the different sources of information, and including education, big time, of course. And so they think everything that happens must be normal. That's why you don't see reactions to absurdities anymore. You don't see the reactions of incredulity. You just don't see it. It doesn't happen. 
except for a few people who are aware, and there's not many of them really. Most folk fall right back into it again with the next, the next political race, you see. They, they believe it's all real. But it's a drama for the, the population, for the public. But part of the whole thing, as I said, is, is that the first world countries have to pay and pay and pay and pay for this as they go down lower and lower and lower on the scale of influence and affluence personally, that is, into austerity. That's the agenda. And eventually you have to get taken off the road as these gradually phase out gasoline or diesel vehicles. And the electric vehicles are so heavily subsidized by your cash, that's the con, The most folk go into, well, we can still get electric vehicles and, and they're keeping them cheap. Well, eventually you see, once they have enough folk on them and they're doing away with the gasoline, then they'll say, we're taking away the subsidies of the electric cars until only a handful of folk can afford them. Because in Agenda 21, it does say that eventually there'll be no private vehicles at all. Be essential vehicles only. That's police, fire, government, armies, and so on. That's in the treaty, by the way. So step by step, you go through it all. And that will happen. It will come to that. We are led like little children by the Pied Piper. I've said it so many times. It's quite easy when you have a See, a massive world think tank at the very top with all its uh, affiliate think tanks down below specialising in certain parts of the big agenda. It's quite easy to pull all of this off. Very easy, in fact. Now, I had an experience myself this last week on... One of many experiences, actually, I've had over some time. But this last week, you can actually see the signs of becoming austere, you might say, with, with the incredible... Amount of money you throw out for basic necessities, and you can't even get a lot of basic necessities anymore unless you're wealthy, really wealthy, you can afford a decent food and so on. You can't do it for a lot of folk today, actually. So we're going into austerity, like they said. They would do, they always do what they tell you they're going to do. That's the beauty of this system. I keep telling folk that, and they'll, they'll say, "Well, that will never happen." When you say to them, "Well, why would that never happen?" They say, "Well, somebody would do something about that." <laughs> really, like the movies, you know, the one you're the one. Yeah. Well, we don't find the ones; they never come along and do it for you. And therefore, it's up to yourselves. Which, of course, you won't do anything for yourselves at all. And that's why you're in the mess that you're in. Really, that's what it is. You've been trained to look for saviors all the time, who walk on the ground just like you, and uh, they're human, and they go to the toilet just like you, and they sit in the toilet and do the same things as you do. And uh, believe you me, that's, that's what you want to worship as a human being who will say all the right things to you election time. Over and over again, you keep falling for the same things. I feel your pain. No kidding. And actually, I was told that this week too <laughs> by someone who was sympathizing about my telephone. They actually said that, I feel your pain. So even these terms that Bill Clinton used and many others before him have got around the world. Because last week, as I mentioned before, I had a phone call from a rep from Bell Canada. Really nice person it was. And trying to naturally get me to, to take on, I think it was television, probably a satellite, Bell Television or something. And I don't know if it was a package with it or not, I have no idea. But they already knew what else you have from Bell, you see. So it may have been a package, I have no idea. But I said, I, as soon as they said that, I thought, oh no, and... And I kind of have jokingly, but seriously too, mentioned the fact the problems I've had with Bell all these years, and here they try to get you to buy something else. I said, you know, every year since I've been here, I think I've probably had to get the technicians in at least once a year, sometimes twice, for the same problems. Generally, in the spring, I always get them in because the the, the, the lines. There's only two lines, I think, that come in every, any home, and only two wires are used at a time, basically. But they go to a main junction that will be nearby in the nearest little village or wherever it happens to be, into a junction building. All they do every year is, is jump from, from one of the two wires to the other two. Only, there's only two pairs. From one of them to the other every other year. That's how it's been as, as the wires crumble. And the insulation, I mean, this is a, a, a really tough climate, naturally. But insulation on old wires eventually gets boiled and baked in the summertime and it gets frozen and it'll crack in the, in the spring, generally, when the ice starts to thaw on them. And, and then you get shorts and all you get is humming and all kinds of weird noise. And you can't hear anybody. So I generally have to get them in the springtime. But uh, a few years ago on RBN, uh, for ages, for every night this was happening, uh, when I was doing the radio shows, 
at 8.15 to 8.20, every night, every single night, it would just cut out on me as I was on the air live. It's a silent cutoff too. There's no click or anything. So you're, you aren't aware if you're talking and doing a show that you've been cut off. So by the time you find out or you clue into it, and by the time you call back, it's okay. You can call out once you, once you figure it out. You can call back out again. But if, you, if you're in a station, uh, maybe all their other lines are jammed by that time by the callers that are calling in to get you, which is me. <laughs> and I'm not there. And that happened every night for ages. And, uh, and at, at the time, we contacted Bell, and they couldn't do anything about it. They said they couldn't figure out what it was. It was a mystery. I said, surely not. I said, come on. I said, I'm the only person in Canada. Surely it's got this problem. And nothing much was done. And it kept going on every single night. Cut off, live, on air, international radio. And then their telephone company down in the States traced the, the problem right up through the Canadian lines to the particular switching station that was that, where the problem was. And, and God knows if they've computers on there or what that, that does the switching. Uh, but anyway, there's a fault or something there. And supposedly Bell partially rectified it for a little while. But I think what they did was simply bump the cutoff with this problem they had a couple hours forward. I really think so. So at least it wasn't doing it when I was on the radio show. However, when the clocks went back this fall, one hour, the time change, it started happening again. Only this time it's at 9.15pm. Every single night, you see. And so I mentioned this as I got all this off my chest to this really nice rep that was polite and awfully, you know, and had a good sense of humour. And uh, anyway, I said, oh, you've got to report you got to report this and so on. So I, I thought, oh, should I? Well, I, I did. I reported it. And, I, and immediately I thought, oh, no, you get that deja vu. And I really, I really do have deja vu. I get it all the time. It's like little flash forwards. I see, I see things as they will happen, and they do happen that way. And it's the truth. But anyway, I thought, oh, no, I could, I could see different technicians coming out and... The last thing I wanted them to do, because the, the problem isn't in the house, you see. The, East and they come here, it's, the problem has never, ever been in the house. It's always outside, either in the field somewhere, or up in the, the switching station in the local village. And uh, but the last thing I wanted that attention was to come down here, and then maybe swap those wires to the other bad wires. The other ones are terrible. Really, there's, there's more, I don't know, tape on them than actual insulation. Very old, and uh, and Bell, of course, I can imagine, is true. Most folk are going uh, completely cell phone, and I guess that's what they want. So it, it kind of um, does away with their landlines, even though the landline is far clearer. If, when it's working good, it's, it's the best you can get for clarity. I didn't want them coming down here. And it's some, some, so I, what I did, I, I phoned to the guy who had fixed it in the spring, because he's, the, I think, a bit more senior, and he generally is the one who comes down to troubleshoot the real problem. He said he'd take up the ticket. Now, I was initially said there'd be someone here Monday, but they couldn't make it Monday. That was fine, because it was a bad day. It was snowing and the whole thing. So on the Tuesday, this fella, he said he would, he would go into the switching station and alter a card or something, an OE card, original equipment card or something like that, to see if that would help. There was no hum in the line. It was nice and clear, and it was, I did not want it switched from the coppers, and he knew that he understood all that. That was on Tuesday. The report went in the Friday. This was done on the Tuesday. And I didn't know anything at all until Tuesday night when I tried to phone out. There was a ticket out, as I say, on this thing. But however, on the Tuesday, this happened. That's the 27th of November. That night, I tried to phone out at 8pm. And I couldn't... All I got was a recording came on of Bell Canada. This is, this is Bell Canada. This is a recording. This line is not in service. And this line is not equipped to take, uh, to make or take incoming calls, except from Bell Telephone. And blah blah. Uh, thank you for your your service or something like that, or how may we serve you, something like that. Hello, you have reached Bell Canada. This telephone line is not currently connected. If you have not placed your order to connect this line, please hang up and call three ten Bell. This line is not equipped for any other calls. We look forward to serving you. This is a recording. I thought, what on earth has happened? So I was able, with that line to Bell, to eventually get through the robotic, you know, press this, press that a little bit. I could get a customer service at Bell. Nothing else, though. I couldn't, I couldn't phone anybody else. I told them the problem, and they said that the ticket had been, rect- had been put in and cleared as fixed. 
at 10, 10 in the morning, that morning. So I didn't know. So I had no, no phone. Uh, my phone never rang the whole day. So it didn't dawn me until I, I tried to dial it at night. That was cut off. And, but it was put down there as fixed. And that was a Tuesday. So I kept trying and trying. Uh, and th- this operative said to me, well, I had to keep trying at night after I called there and says that maybe it'll be fixed by the morning. And I thought, how can it be fixed when it was fixed at 10.10 in the morning, you know, that morning? So Wednesday came along. That was quite interesting, the Wednesday, because I still got the same recording, except I couldn't phone even Bell with it. I just got the recording telling me that it wasn't in service and, and it couldn't make outcoming or, or incoming, take incoming calls. Mind you, I went up to the local garage, a gas station, and borrowed a cell phone. So I'm trying to tell him, I said, look, this was supposedly fixed yesterday, you know, Tuesday, but instead of fixing it, uh, I've been cut off. And they looked up their things. Oh, it's, it's working now. The ticket says it's been fixed. I said, well, I said, since it was fixed, I haven't had any calls. I can't make any calls. I, I, and I kept telling them I was getting a recording. It was snowing, it was rotten day, the whole bit. So I'm up there, uh, standing about and trying to try get some service. And I talked to different countries, because they send you all over the planet now to these, uh, I guess they just take calls for repairs or something and pass it on. And that's part of this globalization too, where uh, most big corporations, as you know, get get certain funding from governments to bring different third world countries to give them jobs, basically. But I found, uh, I got Philippines, and very polite and all nice now, uh, but they, 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 all they can do is really pass on the message, which would be far better, I think, if you could pass it on inside Ontario, It'd be a lot closer to home, and hopefully they could be in, char- in touch with folk in Ontario who did the fixing. Wouldn't that be more practical? But anyway, I got them, and then I t- had different calls. I got talks to people in India. Again, very nice people in the whole bit. So I guess it's true, like the ads say, you know, uh, a lot of these ads for different uh, telecompanies so say, uh, bringing the world together. So you, so you get to meet people across the planet, but you can't get your, your problem fixed because they tell you they can't fix it themselves. They don't, the other countries, in fact, tell you, you're trying to explain to them the original problem <laughs> was, was getting cut off every night at the same time. They've never heard of it either. So once you bamboozle them, they, they, they think you're crazy because they've never heard of it, you see. So here I am at the gas station on Wednesday, waiting for about an hour and a half later and the whole thing, telling I eventually got some, someone in Canada, Elizabeth, who said she was in Toronto, and she was talking to, that's about noon that time, I'd been there all morning talking to other folk across the planet, and, and noon, and I'm trying to tell them, she's telling me it's fixed, right? And that they could call my home, and the phone was ringing. I said, look, I've just come from my home, and the phone hasn't rung since Tuesday. It can't take incoming calls either, but it has not rung. I've been there. So it was almost, she went off to talk to the technicians who said were there. Now remember, the initial problem was was getting cut off every night. So they may have been talking across purposes to what had happened now. Maybe they couldn't figure out what happened now. I'm trying to tell them, but I don't have any service now, you see. But they humoured me. I'm not kidding. It was humouring me. It's almost like, and my, my voice was so bad because I had an awful sore throat. You wouldn't believe. I was like a crow trying to talk, you know. And I'm standing up there in the snow in the home bit with a cell phone. It was like they're trying to humour you like an old, old geezer. Uh, well, go back. It's, um, it's fixed now. It's fixed now. So I go back, you know, I go back to the house at noon, I think just after noon, maybe, maybe 20 minutes past 12 in the afternoon. And I pick up the phone, and they told me it was fixed, and it was my, and they told me it was my imagination, maybe, maybe, you know. And they also, and then they also said, I said to them, well, before I came down to the house, I said, does my answering machine pick up when you phone? No. They went back, she talked the text, and I was beginning to wonder if they're just humoring me, you know. And she came back, she says, well, it must be your answering machine that's, that needs reset. I says, what are you talking about? Like, it's all my fault that I have no service. She says, well, go back there. I'll be working now. So I had everything except that the, 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 they're there, dear, dear. You know what I'm saying? That you would give to some old geezer of 90. That's how they see you today, you know? So I went, I went down to the house and picked up the phone. Answer machine was fine, but nothing had come in. And picked up the phone and right away, 
on comes Bell recording. This is Bell Telephone. This is a recording. And uh, this line is not in service. This line cannot make or take uh, calls, except occasionally to Bell, you see. But, but even then, I couldn't even phone Bell at that time. I, I recorded it. Hello, you have reached Bell Canada. This telephone line is not currently connected. If you have not placed your order to connect this line, please hang up and call 310 Bell. This line is not equipped for any other calls. We look forward to serving you. This is a recording. Right, this is on Wednesday. The phone's out Tuesday morning. I go back up, and they wouldn't believe me, because the ticket said I'd been fixed, you see. So I went back up there with the recording, and I got different folk, and I, and I did get that sympathy. I feel your pain from the Philippines, like it was, and India, and so on. And I'm trying to get someone in Canada to hear it. <laughs> it was honestly, it, it was a nightmare. And, and this, this is what I'm talking We're becoming third world, you understand, when things don't make common sense and functional, practical sense. Why don't you have people right here, just for Ontario, with a number that can be called, who can then be in touch with the technicians in the area, rather than go across the whole darn planet, wasting money, wasting time. But yet, as I say, if there's funding involved from governments, this must be the reason why, you see. I, don't, I can't figure out why else. I know two even the technicians have the same problem trying to understand what's going on when they get these calls from way outside the country. So, I mean, some of the accents are so, so terribly bad and thick, it's, it's hard to understand. So you imagine folk with bad phone lines trying to phone in problems and when you've got that compounded on top of it too. Anyway, so I'm up there. So you waste another hour, two hours up there, and you come back home again, really ticked off that you've been told it's working, and it must be my fault, because they, they, they can see it, find out it's ringing here, and it must be my answer machine that's sort of wonky and all that, and these etc., et cetera, et cetera. And then at night, I thought, well, should I even bother phone? This all started, I had a premonition so damn, as I said last Friday. I did, I honestly did. And, and you, that's what you, see, in a third world country, you'd have said, you'd have said to yourself, I'm not kidding you, this is how you would do it. I have this problem. I get cough at a certain time every night of the week. Uh, I guess I'll just put up with it. Because if I put in a complaint, they'll fix the wrong thing. Or they'll disconnect me by mistake and blah, blah, blah. Or switch the, to the other two bad wires where it's, it's just it's useless. You see? Or, and, or just put up with the problem and carry on. You see what I'm saying? Which means if I go on different shows live, I'll have to phone in and say, look, I'll get cut off at this time every night. Can you manage that? To phone me right back. This is supposed to be a first world country. Well, it was one time. So anyway, I go back that night, Wednesday night. I thought, well, if the ticket's in, this is the complaint ticket, their problem, and it's been rectified, signed by a technician, it's been fixed, and yet it's not fixed, you see then all they have to go with, if I call in again, is, is that I'm either crazy, because they say it's fixed. So I got a, a really good person on that night, told the problem, and, and it, was, it was Ontario, it was unusual, I got a person in Ontario, awfully, awfully good, uh, right off the bat, there was, there was no fuss at all. She said, uh, I see, I see, I see, I says, well, I've got a recording here, would you want me to play what, I'm get, what I've got right now, in fact, just before you, you know, I call and she says, no, no, you know, I'll send a technician out with another ticket, you see. I thought, well, that's the only way I can do it, is to get another technician to come to the house. I can listen, or let him hear it myself. Hello, this is Bell Telephone, this line is out of service. <laughs> and that's how it was left on Wednesday night. So on Thursday, this is, you know, we're getting to about a week later, right? On Thursday morning, I get up. And every morning you get up awfully early, waiting for these technicians to come in case they come or whatever. And it doesn't happen. But anyway, I'm up again on Thursday morning, and I, I test it out the phone maybe three, four times before nine o'clock. Same thing. And I taped it each time, by the way. I recorded it every time. This is Bell Telephone. This is a recording. This line is not in service. Hello, you have reached Bell Canada. This telephone line is not currently connected. If you have not placed your order to connect this line, please hang up and call 310 Bell. This line is not equipped for any other calls. We look forward to serving you. This is a recording.
I thought, well, here we are on Thursday, so I'll just wait until the tech guy comes to the house to hear himself. I said, well, here you are. Here's your proof, you know. Whoever you're ringing and whoever rings you're getting aren't, aren't coming into my house, you see. But at 9.30, right, half an hour later, a phone call comes in for the first time, the first phone call since the Tuesday, the first time it rung in the house. Hi, Alan, blah, blah, this is um, the techie. He got into the little office place and replaced that card, that, old, that original equipment card again or something like that. Something like that, I can't remember what it was. But he says, fixed now. I says, oh, great, great, fantastic. The lines hadn't been touched, which means that it wasn't put back on the other spare wires, which are just crumbling. And that's what he means. I thought, that's fantastic. At least it's done now, you know. Thanked him and all the rest of it. And then at 9.30, you know, actually 9.40 maybe, 45, the next technician phoned in and he says, hi, I'm just 10 minutes from your house or something. He says, um, apparently you aren't getting calls. I says, well, I just got a call from your technician about 10 minutes ago. Don't, don't you communicate with each other? <laughs> I says, he said, it's fixed now. And he says, oh, he sounded very disappointed. I'm sure he was. But I says, yeah. Uh, he says, well, don't you want me to test your line anyway? I says, look, there, there never was a problem with my line. It's as clear as a bell when it worked until I got cut off when they tried to fix the problem, which was my line getting dropped every, every night at <laughs> 9.15 again, right? I see, uh, when the clock went back, it went to 9.15. I hadn't noticed before. It probably still had gone that way at 10.15, and again, if it's a third world country, I said, well, I'll wait until the spring and the clock will go forward an hour and then I won't, I won't take shows between 8 and 10, so it'll be 10, 15, it'll cut out and it'll be okay. That's how you have to figure things out these days, you see. So anyway, the guy was disappointed and I said, well, I'm sorry, but I says, the, guy, the other guy just phoned a few minutes before you and this is the first phone call I've had in this house since it was cut off on Tuesday when they tried to fix it. So that's how it was. Lots of folk emailed me at the time because they could they could try they were trying to phone in too, and they could hear ringing, but it wasn't ringing here. You see, this is what you would get in a third world country, unfortunately, as they cut back on staff, and then other staff are from out of country that honestly really don't understand what you're saying or what the problem might be, and how they communicate with each other. I have no idea across the planet here to deal with a, a very localized area where I am. It's just amazing. but And the technicians themselves that come out and try to do field work and so on, I, I, my heart goes out to them, I'm telling you, because I've seen them get out there in awful weather with ladders and the whole bit. You fear slipping and there's winds howling and there's snow there. I really do. And if they're cutting back on staff and the whole bit, they do the real, real work to keep the things going. Uh, it's not an easy job at all. But the superfluous, top-heavy staff... It's like everything else that I see, like hospitals are the same. They cut back on all the essential staff uh, until uh, you've got too many chiefs and not enough Indians at the bottom. And if you've got Indians at the bottom, they have to be hands-on in an area where they do the actual work. Surely, that's how things work logically. That's how they used to work very efficiently. And uh, they don't work so well now. That's how bad it is. It's a shame, isn't it? And it's a shame, too, that with Agenda 21 and, and sustainability is to cut back on, on and they don't want a lot of many people at all in the countryside, they've said it quite plainly, and their charters, by the way, that's signed by all our governments, that's signed, they all signed on to it to, to get us all off the land, by the way. And that's not a conspiracy theory. You can ask your own government, they'll tell you and admit it to you. But um, if you push it, they'll, they'll have to do it and give you a copy. It's been done. And sustainability means eventually they won't even keep your electric lines going in an area that they don't want you on. That's all part of what I've discussed in the past and recently too. So the brave new world is here, as I've said, and that's a saga of one person's problem for a week. I'm sure lots across the country have the same kind of problems as we go down into the third world institutional system. And that's where we're supposed to be. As we, come, we go down and they come up a little bit and the World Bank manages all the countries through its central banking system, all private banks. It's a consortium of the same guys running the whole planet now because they're the victors, you say. The guys who decide what your money is worth today when it's backed on nothing at all in the first place. But what a pirate gives them to manage the planet. And everybody does what they're told. Eh? We all know this. We all know this.
And anyone who thinks they're going to get any kind of work back in their countries after free trade was ran through by your governments, elected governments at the time. You like to call them elected, don't know why. They all signed on to this free trade system, which really meant giving all your factories and work and so on abroad to China and elsewhere, where it's cheap labor, leaving you with nothing except the service economy. As I've mentioned many, many times, and I've given lectures to other radio hosts over many years who start to part it too. That's what it is, your service economy. And all those taxes that were raised from raw resources to make even the raw material that goes to factories and, and then to next factories that uses that material, like blocks of where it happens to be, to the next step and the next step, all those stages that they made taxes that went to government have gone. So the consumer now must pay all the taxes, and all the consumer does is buy the stuff that's imported from abroad. That's a service economy. All the taxes for imports now are put on your back under free trade. And that's why they can say that you must go down as they bring up other countries, which they then dominate too. Don't think for a a, a minute that these other countries, even Russia is under the world. All the countries are under the World Bank and IMF. Everybody is. The only country that had temporarily got to its senses was, was Iceland in the last bank crash. When they says we're not paying this rubbish back, it's based on nothing anyway, and they tore it all up and let it go into receivership. And, and after a few years, the, the big boys are back with them, you know, trying to give them loans, see? Ireland went the wrong way. Ireland gave in because all their top people were, were paid off and bought off. That's how easy, that's been always the bane of the West. They can buy off the leaders, folks, quite easily, quite easily, not hard at all. Find their weak spot, offer it to them, and they're, they're yours, and they'll sell their own people out. That's what happened in Ireland. And Ireland will never get out from under the boot of the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements and the IMF. Never. It's not, you're not intended to get out of it. And it's not my imagination. I mean, Carl Quigley talked about this. He was part of the system. He was all for it. And he wrote about it, and it's here. But yeah, we're going down into third worldism, as we know. We know we are, absolutely. And it's intended that way. But anyway, there you go. So, as I say, I mean, at least Bell Canada did their best under this confusing arrangement that they have with each other and technicians and with me and people abroad and so on. The only one was that one that kept telling me that, uh, you know, they'd, they'd fixed it. And I'm telling them, well, I just come up from my home and not a single ring has come in there and I can't ring out. All I've got is this recording. Hello, you have reached Bell Canada. This telephone line is not currently connected. If you have not placed your order to connect this line, please hang up and call 310 Bell. This line is not equipped for any other calls. We look forward to serving you. This is a recording. You see, that's how it is, folks. That's what, get used to the frustration because that's what you would get in a lot of third world countries. You'll be, you'll be told that you're, you're crazy, uh, that things are fixed, and you will be told in third world countries. They'll actually say that to you. There's something wrong with you, you know. And they'll get angry even in third world countries because they go by whoever it says. Oh, yeah, it says it's fixed, blah, blah. And here's you telling them, well, I have no service at all now. <laughs> yeah, I have no service. But anyway, this last few nights I phoned out at eight. Stayed on till about 9.30. So far, the phone hasn't cut out like it was every single night, exactly at 9.15. So, fingers crossed, maybe, whoever it was, has been fixed. And goodness knows what it was, eh? Goodness knows. Hmm? Makes you wonder, eh? It does. It really does make you wonder, doesn't it? What what on earth is really going on? And there's a bit more to it, too, that I found out attached to my line that, that I didn't know before, like someone else's number. I don't know who they were. <laughs> and that gives you a bit of, um, you could be a bit suspicious about that, I suppose. But anyway, that's the world in which I live. And I knew it would happen when I made the call. I thought, oh, no, I, sh- I shouldn't have done this. I should have put up with it. But thanks, anyway, to the technicians. Now, before I get into this roll of uh, articles that uh, might be of interest to look up for you, I want to mention, remember, you can buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I've had problems getting stuff burned recently because of problems with the machine, uh, like discs, etc. But I've, I'm, I'm getting up there again and hope to have a lot of stuff out this week, hopefully. 
Remember too, you can buy the books and discs at the, the website. If you go into cuttingthroughmarriage.com, you can get Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu. Also on my com site, you can see all the other sites I have, and including the Jackness site. That's always up. If you've got a problem, go into that site you, and you'll, you'll get my stuff uh, very quickly. Very dependable. Because these are the days when things go wrong, eh? Things can get taken down very quickly. And we can see by social approval and disapproval, I mentioned years ago, where work would come in before anybody heard about it, and now it's all here where you can get just stripped right quick. If, if they claim you've said anything inappropriate at all, it doesn't go along with their agenda. Because free, free speech is definitely being phased out big time, as you're well aware of, I'm sure. And it was always the intention that it would go this way. And I gave talks again back in the 90s that the internet would be here for a short time. Then when you have the all hooked on it all with your pornography and, and, and your chats and fun and all that kind of stuff, then they'll start to reel it back in and make you pay for everything and then also make you liable for everything you say because it's a training mechanism. You won't be able to buy or sell eventually because everything is to be electronic and, and, uh, and cashless. This big article came out last week, in fact, from the World Bank and from uh, and also from Christine Lagarde telling the central bank to start promoting the cashless system, completely cashless, because it, it, eventually, like Bertrand Russell said in the 1940s and 50s, you'll get issued credit. It doesn't matter what money is called. Eh? It's credits to an extent. And he said eventually, if, you, if people are antisocial or not towing the line or whatever from their masters, they, they, their money will be withdrawn from them or they won't be able to use their credits and, and, and they couldn't rent, they couldn't get money for their rent or for their food or anything until they behaved and apologized and got on their knees, basically. And that's the world that's coming in. It's, and China's using the social credit system, and they are the model state for the world. They were set up to be that way. So don't blame China. They were set up by the same people who own the West. And we are owned. This has been a war, a long-term war, and it's still on the go by a group of people on everybody else for those who haven't figured it out yet. Really? The revolutionary system didn't end with the French Revolution. That was only a part of it. You have this article here on Brexit. Now, Brexit's uh, this farce in Britain where, shall we, can we leave, can we not leave, blah, 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 blah. Theresa May, that was never for leaving in the first place, personally, she said that she was all for staying in the Union. And she was put in, of course, by the City of London, for whom she worked for, etc., and who she belongs to certain fraternities inside the, the, the city itself. In fact, she does. She takes her orders from those who rule the financial world in the City of London. And whatever the people want, well, it's just tough cheese. It reminds me of Many articles before, as they brought in this whole economic union, step by step, from this initial idea of just a little, a little agreement where we disagree on things here and there and we come to term, and now you've got total union. But you'll find that, I think it was Enoch Powell talked about this in the 1970s, and he went through it then, of how they were getting dragged into a, a, eventually a governmental system a, 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 against the will of the people, and they kept lying to the public that it was a actual governmental system at that time. It was just a, an economic thing, you know, where agreements were made and so on. Nothing, nothing was further from the truth. But he went through the whole future of it back then, and they were going, going through again today. And he's, he was always writing whatever he said. He, was, he clued in that much, a much, much bigger agenda was at work in his day. And he got, he got hell for it too. But he was right, and he didn't know, maybe didn't know all the different reasons about it, why it was happening, but at least he knew uh, something, something really stank, and it was not a democratic system. So I'll put that up there too. And this article too, coming to terms with the, the, the enormity of Mother, they call her Mother Teresa, that's, that's Theresa May in charge of Britain, supposedly. And that's a joke in itself, isn't it? But yeah, it's talking about uh, this farce of, of how she's constantly staving off uh, leaving by oh, more talks and more talks and more agree. Listen, it's the same thing. You simply you tear everything up. That's how you start a thing. You tear things up like Iceland did, and you go on your way, you know. Simple as that. Nothing's going to happen by voting politicians in any way. That's a fact, folks. They're all handpicked before you even hear their names. And they all have to agree on certain things, even who they actually support and who they give allegiance to. And sometimes it's not even that country. I'm not kidding you. You, you have no idea. 
Also, migration is behind 82% of the UK's population growth as Labour's open-door policy added 5.4 million new arrivals in just 15 years. Well, I think even that's way... I think they've been 5.4 million at a time, maybe in a year and a half or a couple of years, but uh, even that's way under. Because I can remember for years you saw truckload after truckload coming through the, the, the tunnel, the channel tunnel, on trucks and stuff, and just running all over the place. I mean, that went on for years, every, every day. And since they have the COP meeting on right now, the conference of parties to decide our future on if you'll eat, won't eat, or should be sterilized to save the world by saving the environment and, and, uh, and uh, global warming and all that, you find that uh, Al Gore, Big Gore himself, is definitely an allegory, that one. It says we'll host a 24-hour broadcast special on climate change next month. It'll be, it'll be full of terrible scenarios, mind you, and, f- and fearful things to watch. Like he, did, he always does that. And they actually admitted that. They give you terrifying scenarios, scary scenarios. And I read all the articles years ago to terrify you about how you must give up all your rights and how you live and blah, 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 and give it all up to these, this new unelected group. Of course, they're going to take care of the planet for you by taking all the money off you. He's on his way to, and of course they have their own carbon exchanges that Gore's a member of too. And they'll make money off of ruling you, you see. And remember what ruling is, it's not elected, it's ruling you. You don't elect these guys. They've regurgitated again by getting you acclimatized to the idea of it, to sort of a trial balloon to see how you react to it. And most folk won't react at all, but what they read anymore. But it says uh, scientists have come up with a new and ingenious way of fighting global warming and its use of chemicals to blot out the sun. Well, I did articles last year and the year before by some of the scientists that work at uh, the professors at the universities, and they all have shares in the companies which they've already built up to spray the skies as a geoengineer. They've been doing it for years. And I read them, and these are not conspiracy theories, it's from their own writings, in fact, from, uh, from last year, I think it was. And they all have shares in it. So they want to uh, just literally dim the sun even more. We've had global dimming, by the way, since the 90s. has been spraying us, and every year they would spray more and more stuff into them. And you actually have dimming of the sun. And you don't see as far, even in the mountaintops and so on, you don't see as far. They do studies every year on this, and they admit we've had global dimming for years and years and years now. And it's because of the spraying. It's nothing to do with us pumping anything into the air, but it's to do with uh, the spraying going on, of course. Also, as the conference of parties goes on, there's this strange self-elected group that wants us to give our rights up and, and, and have our government sign it into law, everything that they, they come up with. It says, don't tell anyone, but we just had two years of record-breaking global cooling. Hmm. It's an inconvenient science. So NASA data shows that global temperatures dropped sharply over the last two years. Not that you'd know it since that wasn't deemed news. And it's true, they don't report the truth in news. Don't, ever, don't expect news to be truth. There's nothing to do with the truth. News is just data. And, and propaganda. Propaganda is put across as news. The law courts themselves say that news doesn't have to have any truth in it. It's whatever they want to say. It's amazing that they can say what they want to say, but you can, eh? Writing in Real Clear Markets, it says Aaron Brown looked at the official NASA global temperature data and noticed something surprising. From February 2016 to February 2018, global average temperatures dropped by 0.56 degrees Celsius. That, he notes, is the biggest two-year drop in the past century. And also this one here has to do with excess winter deaths almost double in Wales. The public experts said, uh, well, experts or anything, health experts, eh, said adverse weather and influenza were to blame for the increase hitting older people in particular. And the highest number of excess deaths since the winter of 1975. Officials said spikes in winter deaths were not uncommon, with eight peaks over the past 40 years. Across England and Wales, there were 50,100 excess deaths last winter. And they had, they had, yeah, they had a lot of uh, deep freezes last winter, too, over there in the UK, all right? That's normal. We, get, we go back and forth, we swing up and down. Uh, within 10-year periods, you get amazing changes. Back and forth, back and forth. Also, a cheap sun barrier could cut global warming. So back to the spraying again, the skies. Spraying the sun dimming chemicals high above the earth to slow global warming could be remarkably inexpensive. This is the same guys who, who are, the, are the, no doubt the professors, who have got their shares and already built up in the companies. 
as his total cost to launch a hypothetical SAI effort 15 years from now would be about $4.8 billion, scientists at Harvard University said in a report published in the journal Environmental Research Letters, adding the average annual operating cost would be about $3.1 billion a year over 15 years. Not bad, eh? Make, it's a make-work project for, for these characters to come up with, with the con jobs, eh? Also, this one here, this article here, first picture of adult asylum seeker. It's, it's quite funny. <laughs> see, see under, these so-called asylum seekers are flooding in from all over the world, and have been for years, actually. Already know the United Nations, where the United Nations have put it across the different countries to sign as to what constitutes a refugee or an asylum seeker. And so one of them is, is under, under 16 or under 18, I guess. So it's his first picture of an adult asylum seeker who poses a 15-year-old schoolboy to sit his GSCs, it says here, or GCSEs in England. And he said he was 15, but was accused by his classmates of being a 30-year-old man. And he is an adult, an investigation has revealed. There's lots of them like that. It says that he's from the Middle East and an investigation was launched when a people posted a picture of their new classmate in uniform. He was in a classroom on Snapchat with a message saying, why is there a 30-year-old man in our math class? The parents were shocked and some even removed their children from the school's classmates shared all pictures of the same guy on Facebook, showing him with a full beard, a hairy chest and swigging a beer. So there you go. But there's lots of them like that coming in through these little con jobs, eh? pretending they're, they're 16. And, of course, then listen, folks, the immigration departments are well aware, that, and they're letting them in. They're letting them in. Come on. They think they're blind, too. But, of course, they're all scared of their jobs as well, you know. They say, fear runs everything today. Fear runs everything. We're being, when you're in a tyranny, fear runs everything. And people will lie to save their jobs. People lied in Britain across the board there when they had all these different prostitution rackets using little, little girls at 11, 12, 13, grooming them as prostitutes, hooking them on drugs. And thousands of them were hooked on drugs by these gangs. It took years and years and years and years of protest by small groups of people to, because the police were told to turn a blind eye. They all wanted to keep their jobs. Politicians did the same, social workers did the same. That's tyranny, folks. You're in a third world when that happens in Britain, literally as far as I can see it, has all the, all the indications of really being the whole, financially in a better way, as a third world country. In fact, one, one city there only has 10 policemen now to patrol it. Uh, 10 policemen for the whole city. Naturally, they don't have time or anything to report thefts, even when it's on camera and the whole bit. And you'll see gangs raiding, raiding houses and raiding vans and everything. There's no investigations anymore. That's a failed state when you get to that stage. But the big boys that run it all are well looked after with the military and ex-SAS guys in London, all protecting all the folk that matter, you see. That's where it is. That's where you get in third world countries, folks. And they've got more to come yet. Also, lab-grown placentas will transform pregnancy researches, as Cambridge team develops organoids or mini-placentas to advance the knowledge of stillbirth. That's, that always gave you that kind of answer, uh, is to help you all, to, still, to, to get knowledge of stillbirth and preeclampsia, you know, when it's, when it's basically conceived, adult leg inside the fallopian tube, basic idea. But no, this is to get Brave New World on the go. Also, you find that China blacklists millions of people from booking flights as social credit systems introduced, and officials say the aim is to make it difficult to move for those deemed untrustworthy. So you will even move into a new place or you can get a flight or even a train eventually. And that's what you've got. We've got this same agenda, remember, they're the model state for the world. I remember the BBC promoting that years and years and years ago, that they're the model state that everybody in the planet must follow. And they didn't dream up themselves in China. They had all the help from the, from the university and professors from the West. They were all paid to do all this stuff. And China halts work by a team on gene-edited babies, because now they have the Franken-babies idea. A few articles on that, too. I'll put this up tonight, too. Brave New World is definitely on its way, folks. You're owned and you're bought and paid for. Actually, I don't think you're even bought. They just stole you. Another article of what we know and don't know about the world's first gene-edited babies, which will alter all mankind if it gets into the actual genetic pool, actually. And they know this, too. They've got the USA's first biometric terminal ready to go at Atlanta Airport in the US, just like the old sci-fi movies. They got used to the idea. 
Amazingly, the US too, as the GM is to idle plants and cut thousands of jobs as sales slow. It's just astonishing. All the, all the big companies have got bailouts. I think Ford got them too, and GM, and you know, the Chevys and so on. They're cutting plants and so on. And they're moving. They're, of course, the whole idea is to get them made up across the waters and cheap labor. But we finance everything, don't we? All the big companies are, are in corporate welfare. We, we pay for their infrastructure. We pay for, their, for building up their things. And they, they just, well, what did they do on top of you once they got it all, eh? What did they do, folks, eh? Warren Buffett's Chinese battery giant BYD to take on Tesla in Australia. Again, Australia is financing all the big corporations to get these big super batteries on sale and up and up and running. We pay for the, as I say, we pay for building everything for these characters. All they are businessmen. Warren Buffett, right? Aren't they? And then you get two. Australia just switched on the world's biggest battery. This is a different article. This is for Elon Musk and so on. We pay for all these guys' businesses. More than just dollar for dollar, <laughs> buy our tax money. Do you get asked? To, no, you don't get asked to contribute to these folks' business plans. Can you get a big, big grant from the government for your business? No, you can't, can you? Other articles too about migration and how Canada's a winner, according to Australia, because they're, they're copying Canada's immigration system, where you can bring lots in and scatter them across the rural areas so they don't congregate in the, in the big, big cities and become too over populated or whatever in particular areas. But Canada says too that it's the greatest boon that they have because it says 60% of the economic class will make up or will be made up of newcomers in Canada. And most of the children born now, just like Britain and elsewhere, are from these countries that they're bringing in and from right now. All planned, eh? Big, big plan. France has massive fuel protests as the, the big uh, COP meetings go on to do with uh, carbon taxes and so on. And, of course, their president has put on extra money onto their taxes for carbon on top of the gasoline and fuel and so on. So they're having fuel protests. What's interesting there, and I'm sure there'll be the usual characters involved in supplying the cash and, and uh, an organization of the protests, but you probably find that they say a lot of the folk are really from the countryside. They're fed up. They're, they're forgotten people. They've ever been asked about, do they mind funding all the different uh, programs out there, tax money, to help the massive, massive migration into the country. And they've been just walked all over, just like every other country, by the way. And they're, they're now protesting and getting screwed into the ground overall. Very simple. That's how it is. And then Google blocks gender pronouns, including him and her, from artificial intelligence tool that completes sentences over fears and might predict your sex or gender identity incorrectly and offend you. Well, that's their excuse for, for, for censoring you all. They don't want to offend you in case you don't want to be called whatever, you know. Yeah. I've been called all kinds of things in my life, I'm telling you. Some pretty nasty ones do. I don't really care. So censorship is here, as Bertrand Russell said they would bring in, because he was all part of the guys who helped plan it all back in the 40s and the 50s. The whole culture from then on to the present was all planned by big groups that he belonged to, actually, and many others that I've mentioned over the years. And then Google engineers debated where to change algorithms to push conservative media outlets lower in search results after Trump won the 2016 election. So you understand, these techniques for managing information are incredibly powerful. And then you also have this latest one, the Real Minority Report. Artificial intelligence studies CCTV to predict violent crimes before they happen will be rolled out in the UK. I remember reading that years ago, that they will bring it out and hear it all. It's just like the movie. That's where they give you these movies, by the way. So there you go. That's all the time I have, unfortunately, for this week, folks. And I hate running over time, but as I say, go to my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and all there are sites that you'll find that are my official sites on there. And you can also buy the books and discs at my official sites. I don't sell any stuff anywhere else, by the way. Uh, so if you see oddball ones but saying it's my stuff, it's not. That be on my sites. Now you know. <laughs> Always pay particular attention to your deja vu moments, you know, your little Precognition moments, I should say. It's, it's really more apt like precognition because if you, if you, well, you end up in trouble if you just disregard them. There's little warnings that you get. But I get flashes of everything that will happen. Even, even it's three or four things that will happen in sequence. And that's what happens, unfortunately. I should listen to my, my little, little other self, I guess, or whoever it was that gives me the little clues. But uh, there you go. At least it's over. That, that part's over. 
the phone's working well. As I say, it's, it's an awful shame. You feel sorry for those involved. They have to go out and do all these, and even find out the problems that are compounded on top of the problems because there's so many different people across the planet involved. It should simply be the people in your area, for goodness sake. Shouldn't it be? Who can talk right to the service guys? And one thing too, the people should really, in the first, the first little complaint of the problem, is listen to the customer carefully. Instead of going off into this routine, I've come out and checked the wiring. There was nothing wrong with the wiring. There was nothing wrong with the sound. I kept telling them that it was an obvious computer problem outside of my home. <laughs> and I would have saved a lot of money and time and all the rest of it. And folks would come to check your home could be doing other work instead, etc. But they don't listen. It's a shame that they don't listen, isn't it? It would save them a lot of money if they did. Anyway, from myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, where it's to snow again tomorrow, I think, maybe or maybe today, in fact. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.